Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network. Today we are talking about an action movie classic. The film nominated for five, count them, five Golden Razzie Awards that has gone down as probably the most watched film in cable history. We're talking Roadhouse! Join us today, guys. We're going to break that thing for you. We'll see you in just a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, man. You didn't even know that was coming. I didn't didn't know it. (laughs) Really good. I was like, wait, Patrick Swayze wrote two songs for this movie? And what can they sound like? Yeah. That's what this. they sound like. This is what they sound yeah. like. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related. This is Raising Heaven in Hell tonight, off of the Roadhouse soundtrack, written and performed by Mr. Patrick Swayze. Raising Heaven in Hell Tonight yeah. might be the worst song title I've ever heard. Yeah. Also, Cliff's Edge was the other song on the soundtrack that he wrote, which I listened to and is so bad I couldn't even convince myself to put it on the episode. I was he like sings it though. Yes. Neither is anywhere near as good as She's Like a Wind from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Oh which, yeah, no, that's that's a true classic. That's a real classic. It was number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Not a big deal. Just uh, Ben's got a number four tattooed on his <laughs> lower back for that. So guys, welcome to the show. This is Action Movie Anatomy. We uh, we talk action movies on this show. Uh, this is an exciting day for us, for the fans of the show also, because uh, this is Roadhouse. This is Roadhouse. You guys have been asking for this movie for over a year. Yeah. We can say that now. We can say that people have been asking for things for over a year on the show. And you guys have, and we're doing it we're today. Doing it. Yes, as I mentioned, the film nominated for five Golden Razzies in 1989. This is in the, this is peak Swayze. This is like the peak yeah. of his career. He's... His mane is at its best, his, like, everything. He's just right... You know, Swayze only had a run where he was actually, like, popular. Like, he could make things that people would go see for about five or six years. Yeah, it's less than a decade. Really short. And this is the dead center. Well, what's crazy is you and I, we've been friends for a long time, and you told me you're, like, my favorite actor of all time is Patrick Swayze. Swayze. And I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, that makes sense. But then... The more that we've done the show, and the more that I've talked to you about Swayze, he's not a good actor. He's Let's not a, hold, hold on. your no, tongue, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a good actor. His movies aren't that great. And, and of the movies that he's done, I only like a couple of them, but I still get it. I love Swayze. It's like what you said. There's just this swagger about him, even though he's not that great no. as an, of an actor. He's Definitely really not. not. Yeah. But there's swagger about him and the confidence and the hair. Yeah. I could have hair like that for one day. It's everything about him. He's like, he, the reason Swayze has become like the legendary sort of like iconic guy that he was, even with such a sort of poor body of work, is because, it's because I think he was just so well liked. People were just, there was just something about him. He's kind of like, if McConaughey wasn't a good actor. Right. He's kind of the modern, he's he's like McConaughey's the modern day Swayze. Did McConaughey win Sexiest Man Alive? I'm sure he has. I'm sure he had to have, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because McConaughey was a joke up until a few years ago. Exactly. And then you realize, I mean, and, and, yeah, and 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 uh, excuse me, Swayze didn't have the opportunity to do that in his career, unfortunately. But it's true. I mean, McConaughey really was a total joke, and yeah, I don't know, man, and like it's a just, sex symbol. Yeah, yeah, just a sex symbol. Like the fact that women kept crashing this set yeah. and like making mistakes on set yeah. because they were so distracted by him, by his handsomeness, just his beauty. Yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> so uh, yeah, guys, we talk about action movies on this show. The action movies we talk about on the show adhere to four basic rules. Aside from being made after 1981, which is a soft rule, we haven't broken it yet, but we may someday. Mm-hmm. Um, rule number one. The hero always plays by their own rules. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? Dalton wrote the rule book. He has three rules. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he has three rules. Never, what's he say? Expect the unexpected. Never never underestimate your opponent. Yeah. I can't really, there's not really a Swayze accent. I know. We done. were sitting here talking about, we love doing impersonations on yeah. the show. Swayze's is tough. Yeah. The most distinctive thing Swayze does is he kind of lingers on words like that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, he kinda, does just a little bit. That's like a thing that you can point out that in his speech, you know, they only live to get radical. That's like from Point Break. Yeah, and it's it's like a little softer than that. <laughs> yeah, live. yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. I'm not I like afraid that. of him. Like that's kind of his thing. So uh, anyway, <laughs> got like vibrato at the end of all of it. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, so uh, that's rule number one, and uh, Dalton, yeah, he wrote the fucking rule book. Rule number two: the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. Like. This is such a cornball movie that... I mean, he's obviously the smartest person yeah. in the room. Wesley knows how to attack the business by 
cutting yeah. off the alcohol, I guess. So I guess Wesley... Yeah, I guess Wesley is the smartest guy in the room in that sense. And he hired the sweetest killer ever. Oh, the sweetest killer. <laughs> Marshall Teague. Uh, rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure... You can get away with mercenary for sure because he's because he's a cooler. He's like a he's a cooler, which is a step above a bouncer. Yeah, but he's like a hired gun from a different part of town. He got recruited. Yeah. to go to the worst bar in the world. He didn't want to do it. It was an ugly job, but he did it for five thousand up front and five hundred dollars a did. night. He sure you did. pay all medical expenses. Yeah. <laughs> that place would not. That is, do places like that exist? Like in places like because it's. Where it's like Kansas City is where I think it was actually filmed, but it was supposed to be a different town. I don't remember, a fake town. But, like, are there actually places like that anywhere t- 30 years ago? Where there's, like, fights every night and yeah, there's like, tables getting smashed. Yeah, and, like, a cage around your band and all that. <laughs> and, like, your bartender just, like, boning a chick in the cooler. <laughs> I'm on my break. Uh, <laughs> Stay yeah. on it. I'm sure, I'm sure in, like... Gotta be. Yeah, there has to be places. Like <laughs> Probably from where I'm in Salem, Oregon, there's a place right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Definitely some explosions in this film. <laughs> explosion of ass when yeah. she just sees <laughs> Swayze just naked all of a sudden. The ass shot. Oh. And they show, and, and the girl's like... <gasps> She's like so rattled yeah, by it. She's totally rattled. She's like, oh my. And then the sex scene later on is an explosion as I'm, well. And there's literal explosions. There are. Yes, there are. Actually, things explode. <laughs> I guess we have to get, you know, be technical. Um, I, I brought a cool thing to set today. Okay, um, well, let's not just go throwing adjectives around like cool. Yeah. Uh, Zach, can we just get a little shot on the on the uh, the framed the framed piece here that I have? Uh, it's our guest on the couch. Oh, dude, you know what we needed to do? Mm-hmm. Was we have a picture of you and I dressed up as Swayze from Dirty Dancing and from his Chippendales act? Yeah, and we should have brought that for the show because that's what this is from, guys. I had this made for a Swayze themed birthday costume party a few years ago that I had. This is, this lives on my wall. This is actually a real thing. This is a real thing that's in his room every day of the year, other than right now. And guys, yep. this is how good of a friend I am to Ben. <laughs> I hate Halloween and I hate dressing up, but I dressed up as Tom Cruise last year yep. in Mission Impossible. Yep, and. Swayze and Dirty Dancing the year before that just yeah. for you man excellent excellent work <laughs> and the wig was was good stuff if you guys go find Andrew Guy on oh it's probably not on your it's Instagram it's not on my Instagram but it's on mine oh is it okay good and this is a good cue to remind everybody to follow us at Ben Bateman Media it's where you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram if you go dig like a couple years probably three years ago almost You'll find uh, it. you can find the picture of us and then also you can find the show at AMA Podcast on Twitter if you want to follow along as well yeah and you guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Twitter and Instagram yes but getting back to this beautiful shot here we have Young Blood, the 1986 film with Rob Lowe and that girl whose name I can't think of. That's mm-hmm. actually the uh, it's actually the record, the, the motion picture soundtrack cover. Okay, I was going to say that doesn't look like the movie cover that I hunted down. I got that one. Then you have North and South on the bottom right. This is the North and South is the thing that broke Swayze open. That was actually his career breakout. Who's on the right? Uh, a guy named George something, I think. Um, the movie's terrible, right? Well, it's a, it's a TV miniseries. It's like 23 hours oh. long. I've watched all of it. I- <laughs> <laughs> And oh, it's fantastic! Uh, Swayze <laughs> plays Orin Maine. He's a. Uh, it's if you've never seen, don't watch it. But I mean, just <laughs> watch the trailer. I mean, it's got some really good characters. I mean, you lost me at twenty three hours, man. It's That's a, a lot of time. True, true story. My ex girlfriend Elizabeth watched the whole thing with me. I made her watch the entire thing. That is true love. Yeah, at its was, finest. Uh, in the moment, it was it was she was impressive. <laughs> it, was, it was it was commitment from her. Um, and then you have on the bottom left here, of course, the Portuguese the Portuguese uh, movie trailer cover or movie cover for uh, Roadhouse, Matador de Aligual, <laughs> which is sounds much more sweet. Matador de Aligual. <laughs> I'm not going there. So uh, yeah, guys, that's pretty much the deal there. Um, I think we what we usually like to do is open this show AMA podcast on cue in the trailer. So uh, so why don't we do that? Matador de Aligual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You got the right idea. It's an okay trailer. I was just going to say, I mean, if a trailer this old, it's kind of, you get what you expect. It's a little better than you'd expect, actually. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Hmm. I, was, I was relatively impressed. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Guess not. Guess not. Patrick Swayze is dog. I thought you'd be... Oh, bigger. The MacGuffin Big shit weasel. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. he's not well, a shit weasel. He's not at all. But he's 100% a shit weasel when you meet him. Like, yeah, like, you think he's a bad guy. You're, you're like 100%. You're just setting him up. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't be rude. 
Ask him to walk. Not in the film. But be nice. Like half these things aren't in the movie. Right. Yeah. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. I'm telling you, man. Ten years after this movie, Sam Elliott stopped aging. Yeah. Well, he's he's in Tombstone five years later, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. Yes. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> but there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. Aren't you guys tired? Doc, I'll get all sleep I need when I'm dead. Ah, oh, this movie's a rip roaring good time. It really is a lot of fun. I'm not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of him. I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? <laughs> Think I'm looking at the fight's thing. really sweet, actually. <laughs> it actually is. Yeah, it's the, the final fight. Yeah. Patrick Swayze. If that line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. It's way better than the Lethal Weapon fight. Heard yeah. Because, yeah. like, most of the fighting in this movie... house. What movie was it? Oh. The night before, my roommate and I, we were, we were drinking. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, you know what? Because oh, it was Sunday. It was like, is that Bloodsport on? Uh, yes. yes. So we watched Bloodsport, right? Yeah. It sucks. Like, uh, it's so sweet. I disagree. <laughs> like, we loved it. Yeah. We loved it, but the fighting in it actually sucks. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not like good. not good, and yeah. they like slow it down, and you see that they don't actually hit each other and all yeah. that. But it was still super enjoyable. Yeah. The fight in this, because again, I was watching this yesterday, and my roommate's like, you know, the fighting in this is way better than, than Bloodsport last yeah. night. And I was like, I tell me about it, because the fight at the end is pretty gnarly. Yeah, the fight at the end of this is sweet. Um, it's like a, it's a, it's actually a pretty reasonable trailer, I would say, for for ninety nine or for eighty nine. I think it's fine. Yeah, like it's enjoyable. Uh, it seems like it's fun, but you know, it's definitely not like a good trailer. It shows like a an oiled up Swayze doing Tai Chi. Oh and, yeah, and his like bicep. Yeah, and just yeah, it's like <laughs> totally. They know how to appeal to the audience. Yeah, it's surprising that more women didn't go see this movie in, in the theaters. It's surprising that like no one went to go see this movie. Yeah, it's like lived on as the like the ultimate cult classic. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, guys, we're going to move on to our next section of the show. And if it's your first time watching the show, we do something called the thesis statement. Thesis statement is where we both propose kind of a big, bold idea, something we like to hold on to for the rest of the episode and kind of defend, stand behind. Uh, it should be kind of almost like Rupert, rude and hyperbole. It should yeah. not be predictable. It shouldn't be this is my favorite this or uh, kind of opinion-based. One of the best this. No, 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 no. It should be a fact, something, you know, this is the this is the greatest this, the first this, the last this, the only this, something that you can really... It, I, I like to say that if you're at a party and the movie comes right. up... This is the thing that you're going to throw out, and the person you're talking to is going to be like, it's a good point. You really know what you're talking about. You know about. what? Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, exactly. We don't hang out with cool people yeah. at parties, apparently. <laughs> they're like, they're like Predator. I'm like, this cat lives in the... Like, what did you just say? in the corner of an Aust- Austrian accent, I think. Uh, all right, I'm going to jump in with mine because I had like four yeah. that I was trying to bounce between, and one of them was that this was like a misstep in his career, which you... you basically prove wrong because the next couple of years he does two of the biggest movies in his entire career which yep. is Ghost and um, Point Break Point Break um, so it wasn't a misstep because he did turn down uh, Tango and Cash to do this which I, I guess I hold yeah. that more dear to my heart <laughs> than most people but I think what I have to stick with is that the things that are so great about this film can't be replicated in a remake and it's yeah. not because of the gender swap it's just because as an audience we've evolved right the things that we love about Roadhouse we loved, I mean, I can't say we loved them because I was one years old when this came out. Right. But by watching it and the joy that I get out of, get out of watching it now, it's because it's so, like, gimmicky and cliche and goofy and campy and ridiculous. And then you, if you're going to remake it now, movies don't really work that way. I mean, I guess Cabin in the Woods is one of those where you were kind of like, wow, you can kind of take a horror movie and, and kind of make it yeah. funny and, like, do something new, but... I don't think there's going to be that kind of innovative mind behind the new Roadhouse movie. Definitely not. I, I think you're going to end up with a pretty, pretty pop like a popcorn movie trying to do what this movie did that will probably fail. Yeah. And the, my issue with it is it's the same kind of thing as like, the, I mean, the Point Break remake where it's just like you gotta if you want to take a, like a property that is like loved, whether it's loved because of its irony or right. whether it's loved because it was just like a moment in time, or even if you're going to take something like Ben Hur that was loved as being an actual classic when you remake it it's like very very important you get you get it right like you yeah. have to do it you can't just say i'm gonna make the same version but updated you look at like footloose when they, re- they they remade footloose a couple years ago and i honestly feel like if they were to remake this movie 
with Ronda Rousey. It's going to feel a lot like that did. Well, um, because we've talked about this so much on our Point Break episode, which if you guys haven't seen it, you know, go back and check that out. We covered it like a few several months ago, I think now. I think like a year ago. It's your favorite movie of all time. It's my all-time favorite movie. Um, great episode. Yeah. Uh, but we talked about the remake a lot in that, and we can do it on this episode as well. You can't remake these movies without the sexiest man alive or right. the leading a actor in the world you need gosling or or mcconaughey or hardy or someone like that to yeah. be or leo for god's sakes to be in a movie like this because that's who swayze was yeah he was the sexiest man alive that everyone wanted in their movies 89 like we'll get to his career profile in a second but like even more than 91 when we talked about point break that's the that's the tail end that right yeah he was still like the guy like he had been on the cover as the sexiest man alive the year before but by the time point break came out he didn't follow that up with anything big. He tried over the next few years, but his his career absolutely took a nosedive after that movie. Yeah. This is dead center. Dirty Dancing is 87. Ghost is 90. Like, this is 89. This, mm-hmm. this is a guy who, like, I'm trying to think who, who he's on the level of right now. Somebody who is, like, just that you guy. Just, it's, you're untouchable. It's tough. It's tough to think about it because there's not a lot of... We, we talk about that all the time on the show. There's not a lot of guys that you can just be like, go in that movie and just be cool. I guess it's Tom Hardy because if Hardy was in a movie... I could see Hardy being in some drama or like action movie right now and the movie not making any money mm-hmm. and us being surprised, but he would still do the role. Right. Hardy's a much better actor, so I think there's that, but I... And I mean, maybe Hardy's taken too seriously to be to be comparable. I just I mean, like maybe Gosling because of the nice guys, and you know, you can see that he can make fun of himself. It's hard though because like Swayze, I think at the time he was sort of considered to be a likable actor, but I don't think he was ever considered to be a good actor. Both those guys we just mentioned are Academy Award nominated actors. Yeah, you know, like and and it's for they're for phenomenal performances. Yeah, he's like maybe he's like more like a Channing Tatum was a few years ago. You know what? I, I could do that because Channing Tatum's awesome now. Yeah, he he like went past that bump of just being too good looking or whatever, and he like made fun of himself. He did some dramatic roles. I could see that. Yeah, like Tatum, like maybe like Tatum around the time the first Twenty One Jump Street came out. Right. So if you're gonna do Roadhouse, you need at least a Channing Tatum level actor in it to bring in the crowds. Yeah, big and time. the charisma. Totally. You know? Yeah. So I think that's I think that's a problem. And I, I'll I'll give you that. That on a remake, you can't replicate what this movie was doing. I mean, this movie was intentionally campy. He he yeah. wanted it to be like Keystone Cops. Like he didn't. Rowdy Harrington wasn't trying to make a serious movie and and like got this instead. I mean, you can literally tell just by the lighting of yeah. every scene that it's not meant to be dark and heavy. It's basically a porno. It's like- <laughs> it really is lit like a porno. <laughs> Never watched one. Uh, all right. What's your thesis? So my thesis is that while Roadhouse is not Patrick Swayze's, Swayze's greatest film does not contain his best performance and does not contain his most iconic scene. Dalton is without a doubt his most iconic character. So we got film, performance, and scene. And Dalton is his most iconic character. What I find interesting is that the other four... He did four relevant movies, right? Point Break, Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, and... Uh, ghost. So if I had to guess which was which, I'd say the most important film is is Dirty Dancing. That's his best. That's his. That's his best movie. Okay. Yep. The scene is either the lift in Dirty Dancing, or Lover Boy, or I guess the ghost scene. The ghost scene with Demi Moore. With Demi the and clay. the pot. Okay. That's, the clay. I would say the the one that's close is the lift, but I actually think that more. I think that more famous is the, is the clay scene from Ghost. Okay. And then performance is Bodie. It's your favorite movie of yeah, all time. And I think it's legitimately the best thing that he ever turned in. And but and I then but Dalton, you think so you think Dalton is more iconic than Bodie? Because this movie has played on cable for so many years. This always on. For so many years. And this movie is referenced by like action movie fans reference this over point break. That's true. Um, people don't love Dirty Dancing because they love Johnny Castle. They love the story. And they don't know that his character's name is Johnny Castle. That's that's true. That's fair. <laughs> and Ghost, it's like people like remember the scene and that movie was very popular, but really it's that scene. That's why Ghost is remembered. Yeah, that's so the it, biggest. When it really comes down to it, you know, like people love Bodhi. Nobody's ever going to argue that he's not great in that movie. Mm-hmm. But this is the movie that the character just stands out. Like, okay, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, and I think that's totally justified. Now that we've covered all of our bases, fuck yeah, yeah. why not? Dalton's awesome. He's badass, and he's like one of those characters that he's literally just a caricature of himself. Completely being so sweet. Totally. Okay, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. I'm into it, uh, guys. If you have awesome thesis statements as well, let us know at AMA Thesis. At AMA Podcast. At AMA Hashtag. Thesis? Hashtag. 
Hashtag MA, MA thesis. thesis. Is that a thing? It is now. <laughs> Fair enough. Why the? Why not? <laughs> Get off the set. <laughs> <laughs> MA uh, thesis. So uh, moving on to the next part of our show, guys. This is uh, this is usually the favorite part of the show. This is something mm. we like to call fist pump moment. Fist pump moment's that moment you're watching the movie, something happens. Kind of look around. You're like, are you seeing this right now? Maybe you just let out like a belly laugh. It's like so good. Yeah. You want to call your buddy and be like, are you seeing this? This is so good. You have to watch this. And Roadhouse, oh my God. It is littered with them. Littered with fist pump moments. I wrote down several here. Um, there's just so many. I mean, for me, often, because fist pump can be anything, right? Anything. It can be the title music. It can be a, a fight. It can be a single line, a look, anything. Uh, it's hard for me not to make my th- my fist pump moment just the first moment you see Swayze at the beginning of the movie in Bandstand. Just, he's he's just leaning against the... yeah, And he's just got the mane. And you, and I know that you loved it, too, because as soon as you saw it, you texted me about the segment we're going to do later on the show. Yeah, it right? is. As soon Absolutely. as you saw his hair. Yeah. I, saw it, I was just like, <laughs> oh, man, that's just perfect. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, that's a great moment. There's so many. Yeah. I, I have a few. There was, like, the first time you see the double deuce. You're just like, oh, my God, look at this place. But I think, for me, it's the throat rip. Yeah, <laughs> it's the throat rope because of Groobs. It's because of MacGruber. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I love MacGruber so much, and it's like I I had forgotten totally where it had come from and it's, like why it was such a big thing in MacGruber. It's funny that we've as we've gone through this catalog of famous action movies, mm. one by one, you you get all of the pop culture references, and MacGruber yeah. is so littered with them. It's got the Rambo. It's got the Rambo three beginning. It's got the throat rips. Yeah. Like there was a line the other day that I that was so subtle and I don't remember what it was in a movie and I was like oh my god did they say that it's in MacGruber, MacGruber. Yeah. yeah 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 um that's hilarious and that's obviously you know when we've talked to Will about it he's been like the whole thing was just like a love affair with that genre of movie that's like what we did with that and so yeah it's basically just like mid 80s to mid 90s yeah all crammed into a, a yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're getting awesome. him on one day it's yeah. gonna happen um so uh anyway fist pump moment guys I I think I will go I mean I will queue up what I think is a strong, strong contender for fist pump here. Okay. Um, you it better know. be his ass. <laughs> <laughs> ass shot, ass shot, <laughs> ass shot. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it is a, I mean, the man is in very good shape. He's in phenomenal I will shape. Le- I will let him know. All right. All right, Zach, we'll cue this up. So you're like, you're like, whoa. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Even that, just that. You're like, like, what does this music mean? What's happening? He's like, he, he drives like a sweet Mercedes. Who is this mystery man? <laughs> what is he doing? I've never seen this foreign art. <laughs> I'm a bouncer. Wait, scratch that, I'm a cooler. With a degree in philosophy from NYU, nobody ever wins a fight. Second degree black belt tattoo. <laughs> it is... <laughs> like, what was the point of this scene? Like, yeah. what were you accomplishing? Like, uh, people in 89 watched it be like, damn, that guy, I would not mess with that guy. That guy's in phenomenal shape. <laughs> ben Gazzara. God, look at him move. He's like always watching him. Brad Wesley. <laughs> his, his, like, his, like, look there and the head shake. Is legitimately like the, the reaction of most people watching the scene in the theater. <laughs> what? <laughs> what am I watching? This is what I mean. Like this is. How did more women not just go see this? I I don't know. The fact. That, okay, so reading the trivia in this, there was yeah. a bus of women that tried to crash on set. Yeah. There was a raft of women that had floated by on a river during the during the fight by the water. During the fight yeah. by the water. Uh, and then there was the last one was an extra carrying drinks was so distracted by Swayze's glory she spilled all over <laughs> other extras. Yeah, That's so how infatuated people were with him. I mean, I'm that infatuated with him. I know you are. Can we just cue that again? <laughs> just, re- just play that through the rest of the episode. <laughs> That's a strong contender for my fist bump moment. Uh, I have a couple others here. Okay. Uh, I also have... Yeah, let's hear some more years. I listed like three. Okay, so the first time you see Marshall Teague, when uh, he's like he's like Swayze's in the bar and like Guzara's leaving, and uh, he like looks and you see he's got the cross earring, and he looks and you're like you're like okay, couple things. This is actually a pornography. Okay, I'm, watching, <laughs> I'm watching a porno. That guy's about to whip his dick out. The second thing is you're like that guy's a member of the band Wham. You're like <laughs> <laughs> they're all happening. Everything's happening at once. Yeah, I mean there was something about these villains, and we saw it in. Um, uh, what movie was the Fat Freddy Mercury? 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Commando? From Commando, where you see these villains that they try to make... Yeah, yeah, Bennett. Bennett. They try to make them look like super badass, and they just look hilarious. Yeah. Like, really, really, really effeminate. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a... It was a thing in the 80s, I guess. Yeah, and it does just feel like you're watching, like, an 80s porno every scene. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, every time that guy shows up, you're like, you really can't tell. "Ah, Are you going to, like, try to fuck somebody, (laughs) fight somebody, both? With a I pool to, cue. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Yeah, that's a real line in the movie. <laughs> it's a real line that he says. It's, a, it's an actual line in the film. Just something you don't admit. It's just something you don't admit to people. Uh, all right, let's move on to where these guys were in their career. We'll start... Wait. Did you th- go through your, your fist bumps? You- oh, you got more. I got, I'm got. i done. I got my three. Okay, yeah. The ass shot was the last one. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we both mention the ass shot. All right. Uh, Sam Elliott, in his career at this point... It's funny because the dude's been working forever. relentlessly forever, but I haven't seen... I've seen The Quick and the Dead, the TV movie. It came out in 1987. As for Fatal Beauty and Shakedown, which came out in 87 and 88, respectively... Pretty much never heard of them. Never heard of them, never seen them, didn't even look them up because mm. of that. Now, moving on to Swayze. <laughs> 89 may have been his prime, his peak, but the films he made in the, in the prior years... He followed up Dirty Dancing, shot in, uh, released in 87, with Steel Dawn and Tiger Warsaw, both of which I've seen. I had a Tiger Warsaw poster on my wall for a what long time. What is that? Okay, I actually had a Steel Dawn poster as well. Um, <laughs> it was smaller. It was a set still, but I had it framed it's, I, when I moved from Seattle. They had a Tiger Warsaw poster. <laughs> I actually had a Steel Dawn. I actually had a Dirty Dancing one as well. It's, it's a real thing. I believe it. Um, so uh, we've all seen Dirty Dancing. It's a great film. It's a great film. Um, Youngblood, which is on that uh, over there, that's actually from '86. Uh, so that's sort of like the the run here leading up to this. But um, Steel Dawn is like a post-apocalyptic. Uh, he's he plays a character called Nomad. Um, it's like out in the desert. Lisa Niemi, his wife, is I actually noticed. in the film. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a really bad movie. You've seen the pictures, I think, from when I had the party. Maybe that's what it is. I feel like there's something about him being called Nomad that I know. Maybe I've seen it on TV. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, it's like it's kind of like a road warrior type of type of thing. Right. Um, he like fights with a sword, though. It's it's pretty silly. But it's just done horribly. It's just a in bad, comparison. just a very bad movie. Okay, let's um, move on to uh, Tiger Warsaw. What's that all about? Tiger Warsaw, I only have seen once, and I think Tiger Warsaw, if I remember correctly, it's like one of these movies where he like comes back to his hometown. Please and he, tell, is Tiger Warsaw his name? I think it is actually. Oh, that's sweet. Though I could be wrong about that. It's been a while. Um, he, he like, comes back to his hometown, and he had, like, done some really, like, deplorable shit before he left. Like, he killed someone, or, like, Ooh. maybe he was a drug addict and he stole money. You know, Dalton killed someone, too. He ripped their throat out. He did. <laughs> uh, something like that. He comes back. He has to, like... It's kind of like a drama. He has to, like, make up with his family sort of a thing. Okay. Um, and then also, the other movie we're forgetting that's in here is Next of Kin, which I think is, like... I think Next to Kin's like 89, maybe. It okay, might, like right afterwards. Yeah, it might have been the same year as Roadhouse. That's like one of the ones that always comes up as the bigger releases. Which is that? Uh, it's got Liam Neeson in it, I think. And it's it's also a bad movie. Most of them are terrible. <laughs> Most Swayze movies are. Yeah. Uh, Next of Kin wasn't good. But um, that's kind of the run that he was in there. Obviously, 90 is Ghost and 91 is Point Break. So that's kind of like everything he made in the heart there. Unfortunately, with Swayze, there's... There's really five. So there's the four we mentioned, Roadhouse, Dirty Dance, and Ghost and Point Break. Mm-hmm. There's Donnie Darko, which is like people True. remember because it's a good movie and he's got like a memorable character yeah. um, as like a pedophile, but it's like a way different part of his career. Everything in between, though? Why do you think his career took such a nosedive? Like, do you think it's the thing that we have now with, with oversaturation in the market, but then back then... Uh, I think it's like a handful of reasons. I mean, I've I've read his autobiography and also the one that his wife wrote, mm-hmm. and um, it it's like a he tried to make this movie called City of Joy. I'm pretty sure it's City of Joy or City of Hope. I can't remember which. It's '92. It's that's the next year after Point Break, and that he it was kind of like Oscar type of thing. He was he was trying to play like a doctor in India who's like saving kids' lives. Okay, yeah. and it's a pretty bad movie. It's it's like not horrible. It's just like pretty forgettable. But weirdly enough, then his next few years. I mean, we are forgetting Tu Wong Fu, which is... That's a, yeah, that's great. And that's, like, a good role. It's, uh-huh. like, entertaining. But, I mean, it's it's stuff like that. It's, like, Tu Wong Fu, it's, like, entertaining, but he's not really the star. Parenthood or, like... Mm. Or, sorry, Fatherhood yeah. uh, is, is the movie. Um, he in, uh, in Tall Tale, when he plays Wild Picos Bill. Uh, <laughs> Picos Bill. I mean, maybe they, people just, just 
realize he's not that good of an actor. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I would I would have to think probably some of it was like bad decision making on the roles that he took. Maybe he mm-hmm. you know he wasn't as choosy as he should have been. I'm not really sure. It's it's a really weird thing considering like if you're two if two of your biggest movies ever are Ghost and Point Break in ninety and ninety one. How the ne- how your career could just completely fall off a cliff after that is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, any of those movies we mentioned, yeah. any of those four being the lead in any of those. Completely. Those last let two. Let alone being all four of them. Were is, hugely popular movies. Yeah. Hugely popular. And the last one, Swayze, in fucking Point Break, I think is his best role. It's yeah. well remembered. People like that movie a lot. It's a bummer, man. His hair was fantastic in all of them, though. I think his hair is the best, though, as Bodhi. But he's not the lead. He's the he's like the second, so we he can't is. use him in our thing later. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, in fact, uh, Zach, City of Joy, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, City of Joy, exactly. Um, Zach, would you mind just just for reference pulling a picture of a uh, Swayze as Bodhi, uh, just so we can see the, the the glorious mane at its best. Um, yeah, because his hair it's so big in that. Yeah, you know, it's huge. It's like uh, surfer hair. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, the the one thing that I did write down here that I thought was interesting is at one point Swayze was approached to star in Predator two but wasn't able to because he was injured during the film of Roadhouse. Like, if Swayze had been in Predator 2, like, if, if we could have linked Schwarzenegger, Predator, to Swayze in Predator 2 instead of Danny Glover... Yeah. It would have been amazing. Busey and Swayze together in a film? Again? <laughs> Again? <laughs> you would have lost it. Oh, I would have lost it. Yeah, that that sucked. And it sucked that he was injured during this film, too, with, like, the fighting. Because he, he kind of got his ass kicked a lot. Like, yeah. there was that fight with... um with I, Why do I always forget his... Oh, because he's irrelevant. Uh, the main bad guy. Not Wesley. Ben Gazzara or who? Uh, uh, not the main bad guy. His, Marshall Teague? Marshall Teague. And one of their fights, he thought he had, like, a breakaway log, and he didn't. He just kept hitting him with it over just and over. Just a big piece of wood. Just a big piece of wood. He's just bruised to shit and... Yeah, man. I mean, he he got thrown all around. They did almost all their own stunts on this. Yeah, Swayze. I mean, Swayze was like, there it is. There it is. Glorious hair. That Bodie hair. God damn, it's that's like blonde. the best hair there is. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of want to do that style. You should just do that next yeah. week on the show. <laughs> just, just, just come with blonde, shaggy, highlighted hair. Be a good look for me. I think you could wear that sweater too. Which sweater? The one that he's isn't he wearing one? No, oh, he's wearing a wetsuit. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in any case, that's pretty much the deal with that. Uh, the production development on this film. So, guys, some of the episodes when you watch the show, <laughs> if this is the first time you're watching, we should remind everybody. Um, on the important ones, we will go and do like a lot of production development research. The making of the movie and mm-hmm. the director, the producers, the writer. We'll talk a lot about that stuff. Reading into this one, Rowdy Harrington, the director, directed this and a film called Striking Distance in 1993 with Bruce Willis. That's pretty much the whole entire relevant career Bobby Jones that uh, the golf story with Jim Caviezel from 04 mm-hmm. uh, that's like the other thing but I think it was a straight to video oh, movie okay yeah I was like what you, where are we going with this that's like the that's the whole entire career path for Rowdy Harrington so like I don't really think talking about him at length is yeah and important not to step on your toes may not be the best word to use I mean this movie is definitely important and so are the other ones but it's it's about paying res- respect to the things that make the film great yep. and and it's not the writing and the directing of this film yeah I think it was intentional and he got a very memorable movie out of it um, and the same with the writers David L. Henry and Hilary Hankin if you look at their credits again it's like pretty much yeah there's not much Hillary's got a few more than him I yeah believe. exactly Hillary's got a few more than him and in both cases it's like not a whole lot of stuff you've ever heard of if anything I mean pretty fringe but what did matter was some of the acting chops that went mm. into this uh, for instance Kelly Lynch spent a month in a real emergency room <laughs> prepping for this role it was an important part of the film <laughs> she, she even learned how to do stitches on her own but then she was disappointed when they cut it and made him do staples she yeah. really committed to this character Dalton uses nine fighting styles in the movie from basic street scuffing to kickboxing to hopkido uh, Diane, or not Diane Lane um, Annette Benning yeah that, was originally going to be the lead female but Due to, uh, due to their problems with chemistry on set. How could you not have chemistry with Swayze? I mean, I have chemistry it with him. It seems impossible. <laughs> I have chemistry just looking at his fucking pictures. I mean, Annette Benning is pretty, like, asexual to me. Yeah. Not that she doesn't have sex appeal, but she's just, like, such a hard ass. Also, know? like, 89, Annette Benning. I mean, I, I don't even think I can think of what she looked like in 89. I don't remember, yeah. Like, 10 years later, Annette Benning, like, American Beauty is, like, the Annette Benning that comes to mind for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you have uh, this this nice piece here. So Joel Silver was the producer, and those of you that watch the show or don't watch the show probably know that Joel Silver is one of the legendary producers mm-hmm. ever. Um, Top Gun, the Die Hard franchise, Lethal Weapon, um, all kinds of stuff. He's he's about as big as it gets when you are talking about uh, 
action movie producers. I just watched the other guys again the other day. The other guys? I mean, uh, the nice guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, was so good. Yeah, I want to yeah. watch it again. There you go. Nat Benning. That looks like uh, late 80s. Yeah. yeah. She still kind of looks like a mom. Yeah. She's, she's pretty, but she like, yeah, I don't think she has the kind of uh, blown out blonde. Yeah, Kelly Lynch is like young and hot. And like, you couldn't <laughs> believe that she was a doctor type All, thing. Yeah. Also, though, the Kelly Lynch, like, I, she looks so much hotter when she's like in the doctor's uniform, like not like blown out. Right. She right, does with her glasses. Yeah. She like shows up to meet Dalton and she's got like that red dress on and her hair is just totally blown out. And you're like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> happened? <laughs> Terrible. Let's pull that back into a tight bun. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Joel Silver hired Jack Crane the knife maker who also made the blades for Predator Die Hard and Demolition Man the knife maker the knife maker because you need a <laughs> knife maker on set for Roadhouse I called you yeah specifically to be like why is it that they don't have any other weapons in this movie other than knives and guns what mm. about like pipes and more bottles or like crowbars crow anything guns. it's just like the fact that anytime anything happens or brass knuckles yeah there's the knife boot yeah, <laughs> still a knife. The knife boot's sweet. <laughs> Look at his right foot. Dalton like he, Dalton like identified the knife boot immediately as well. He like he's like surveying the land. The guy walks in. He's like sees the knife boot. He's like, <laughs> guy's gotta look at his right foot. Look at his right foot. I always watch for the right foot. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was another one of those moments where it's just like, guy's got a knife boot. Of course, and, and of course, is the first thing he sees. And at that point, Swayze knows it's time to be not nice because he doesn't even hesitate. No, he just pulls him out on the street, breaks his knee, just kicks his ass. Yeah, could be the biggest guy in the world. Take out his knee, he'll drop like a stone. Drop like a stone. Uh, do we should we move into critical now? Here? Yeah, let's do it. This is so weird. Box office and critical for this movie. Well, critical isn't, but box office was. So this was. Uh, produced by United Artists, it cost $15 million to make, and it was released in May of 1989. Um, the film only grossed $30 million. It didn't get released worldwide. I mean, I guess doubling your budget is yeah. still good, but for who Swayze was at the time, it, it wasn't. It opened number two at the box office um, at $5.9 million behind See No Evil, Hear No Evil, which only had 200000 more, but you know, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder yeah. can't really compete. Yeah, I mean, if you look here, we have uh, this, is, this is the domestic box office results of 1989, and uh, that was the 40th highest grossing film. If you look at the films that grossed more money than it, it's kind of unbelievable. With as popular and well-remembered as this movie is, yeah. that look at this list. I mean, Major League makes sense. Yeah. You know, that's the 26th highest grossing. That kind of makes sense. Black Rain from 28 with Michael Douglas, that's like a pretty just like, how did that movie make more? You have like... Uh, Always and K9, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Karate Kid Part Three, Karate Kid Three, Fletch Lives. But that's, that's the thing, though, is when you say that Major League, I feel like these should still be like twelve to fifteen numbers higher. Yeah, agreed. Even Major League being twenty fifth is kind of like really. Yeah, Fletch Lives, the sequel to Fletch, made all this money. License Was to Kill, Chevy Chase, even in that Fletch Lives. Yeah, yeah, he is. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. License to Kill, oh, Weekend at Bernie's. That yeah. movie should be way higher. Weekend at Bernie's is thirty nine. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. This movie, for as well remembered as it is as a cult classic, like this movie's not good. It's very entertaining, but it's also the kind of movie that I would have expected would have made a lot more money. Yeah, you know what. I have an AMA question for the week yeah. that I want to ask our audience because you and I are 28 years old. Yeah. So, uh, guys, at AMA Podcast, you can hashtag AMA question if you want. But for you guys that saw this in theaters, what was its impact on you? Like, did you walk out of there being like, this is a sweet movie, this is a really good movie, or was it like, this is a fun popcorn movie the same way that we felt uh, Magnificent Seven was? Or did you guys walk out of it and be like, this kind of sucked? Yeah. Because for it to only make $30 million with Swayze, who's on top of the world, is mind-blowing to me. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the latter is the most likely. I think people probably did think it sucked. Yeah. Um, but maybe... I don't... Yeah, it's really hard to say. Because nowadays, dumb action movies that come out that are like self-referential and like very aware of their own humor, mm-hmm. they don't come out that often, but it's also become... When they do, it's like John Wick. People like get it. It's, it's a genre. Right. Mm-hmm. Back then... You had all the Schwarzenegger movies, all the Stallone movies, all these like Chuck Norris movies. Die Hard, Lethal Weapons, yeah, Chuck Norris. The, the the genre of movie was like, it was much more acceptable to make like cheeseball action movies. People wanted to see that mm-hmm. in a way that nowadays it's just not as common. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe it's because this movie didn't take itself as seriously as those other ones that are. I mean, even Under Siege is a joke, but it still takes itself seriously. Except, you know? for, except for Busey. Except for Busey. <laughs> and that was my other thesis statement, is that this film's greatest triumph is its greatest downfall. 
and that is that it doesn't take itself seriously. I think its greatest triumph is that Top Critics gave it 11% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Top Critics gave it an 11%. All Critics gave it a 38, and the audience gave it a 67. How does this have a 6.4 on IMDb? I don't know. 6.4 seems That's very high very for high. something that gets an 11. Yeah, I mean... 67 audience 64 that makes sense those yeah are, those are those are totally fine yeah but 6.4 that's kind of crazy that's really high um before we get into our, uh, our 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 next section of the show guys uh we're gonna do favorite line in just a minute i think we're gonna we're gonna queue up a special segment we keep referencing mm. swayze's hair and uh we decided we were gonna do a bit which is uh top three greatest oh top five all right no top three so yeah Top. That's the outline. Says I five guys. I mistyped. <laughs> top three greatest hair dudes. Uh, it's our. It's our like lead dudes from these movies. Yes. And two as the top hair. So I'm. I'm just gonna like right off the bat say Swayze characters are stricken from the record because we're talking about yeah, this. We're talking about him, and clearly we've already mentioned his hair in this movie and in Dirty Dancing and, and in point, point Break. Break. I really would argue that the the Bodie Point Break hair is the best hair. It might be the greatest hair ever in a film. Wasn't that my thesis statement? It oh, might have actually, for Point, point Break? It might have been, actually. That could be. Which I, would be hilarious. I'd have to go back and look at it. How like, sweet would it be if we, like, reinforced a thesis statement <laughs> from a year ago? Yeah. <laughs> it might be my thesis statement, because I may have been just, like, staring at his hair in the film. It's amazing. Yeah, it's the best part of the whole movie. Not really, but <laughs> it's pretty close. Do we want to count these down in any specific order, or no? Uh, no, we can just, we can just like, rattle through them just okay. one at a time. So, uh, do you want to queue up first here? Yeah, I want to go first with... Demolition Man. Oh, oh, my first. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, there you go. Tom Cruise. Ah, we're just no. We're, all right, there we go. <laughs> we'll do this. Tom Cruise in Collateral. The salt and peppered hair was the first time I'd ever seen him with gray hair. Right? Has he ever had gray hair before? Oh no, this was like this is the intentional like let's make him a little let's salt and pepper. Look- and he was, and I mean, he's so awesome. Vincent, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's just a badass, and the hair is excellent. And then you and Matt Haggerty doing the salt and pepper hair at your birthday party was just excellent. There's an excellent picture, actually, that, again, it's hidden way back on Instagram. But if, if you go to Ben Bateman Media to my Instagram, you can find from that same birthday party where I did this outfit. Yes. Uh, and I literally did the hair, I made my hair silver held a gun in the same pose I have that shot yep. except like I'm doing it in my house and it's like pretty damn close and he has the suit as well yeah. the exact same it's this one I'm actually wearing it yeah. right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright so what uh, What do you got next here uh, alright I'm going to queue up uh, my, my number one and that is going to be uh, yeah we'll, we'll do Keanu Reeves in John Wick oh. uh, a, nice, a nice recent one um, epically sweet hair in John Wick yeah his beard and his hair it's all just so sweet yeah and clean. The, the like dark part uh, the like, hanging hair. I used to like want to be able to have like hanging hair. Yeah, like that. I just might no. It's kind of an emo look a little bit. It is. Yeah, but he really pulls it off well. I'm so excited for John Wick two. Me too. The trailer came out, dude. John Wick two and Jack Reacher two. I just mm. really can't wait. Yeah, a little preview for the pitch. The pitch. You're next. All right, I'm gonna go next here. I think I gotta go. Oh yeah. I mean, come on, man. Nicholas Cage in Con Air. <laughs> Look at that. That is like some of the most repulsive hair I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it's just so dirty and gross. This is right when he walks off the bus and he feels the sun on his face for the first time, Hummingbird. Yeah. Hummingbird. Yeah. Yeah, Hummingbird. Yeah, Hummingbird. Uh, it's an amazing hair. This is like, also what's amazing about this hair, this is a, a foreshadowing to the hairstyle choice that Cage decided to make in the late 2000s. <laughs> when he had that stretch of movies with like the receding hairline but the really long hair. Right, like knowing and 2012 and uh, yeah, uh, I think he has short hair in those, but you're, but next, oh next, yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, also I think Bangkok Dangerous, he has longer hair. What is he like in Bad Lieutenant? No, his hair is shorter than that. Yeah. I'm just listening to all of the short movies. There's like <laughs> there's like hair. two or three of them in a row. Gone in sixty is great. Yeah, speaking of which. Uh, Wait, what? Speaking of which, uh, that's my next one. Is, oh uh, yes, the, the Nick Cage Gone in sixty seconds hair. This is the two thousand like. <laughs> he's got the like bleached top. He, he's like re- he's like a retired car thief who like now owns like a go kart you know mechanic shop. And like this is what he does to his hair. Yeah, like this is he's like forty two years old. He's like you know what I'm just gonna Latin things up a little bit. He has to like go to the salon and be like, that's the look I want. I want this pick- he pulls. Yeah. It, I guess he didn't have phones back then. <laughs> Magazines. He's looking at the magazine. It's like pointing at a guy. He's like, that's the hair I want. Oh, it's so good. All right. Well, I guess I kind of gave away my my last one earlier, and that's Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man. Yeah, I demo, mean just. Man. First of all, greatest performance in this man's career. Yeah. Just complete, utter commitment to a character. And it's just... It's like if Blade was in high school in the 2000s. Yeah, Simon <laughs> says, die. die. 
That's a good episode. The That's demo a good, man. Yeah, we covered that one. Was that was another one where we were like, do we really cover the writing and yeah. directing on this film? Oh, he steals the show as well. Oh yeah, he's yeah. great. Snipes <laughs> <and> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and my last one is uh, is there you go, oh. Mission Impossible Two, Ethan Hunt. Honestly, we could have almost done a full a full six of Cruise. Oh, we easily could have done a full six of Cruise. Yeah, you, I don't know if you like. You can get Last Samurai. It's mm-hmm. a sweet picture too. You can get Last Samurai. You get this. You get Magnolia. You get Collateral. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you get Collateral. I Man, that's the, that's the easy four. Do you have a shaved head in anything? Like in one of his younger ones when he's in like no, military? he has no shaved head, but he definitely has like he definitely has like the uh, no. I mean, oh, he has. Does he have longer hair in um? War? No, no War was, the Worlds is short. I was going to say in um, Rain Man, maybe? Eh, no, not really. No. Yeah, he didn't really get into like, the sweeter... The sweeter... Oh, uh, uh, Interview with a Vampire. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's five. I mean, oh. Guys, if I, could, if, I, if I could jump in for a second. The yeah. Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai yeah. had that, that, an actual effect on my life. Yeah, dude, that was an honorable mention for me. It, yeah. it made me grow out my hair, which is not straight by any means. <laughs> so that was some awkward college. Oh, living. that's... Dude, I, yeah, that was next time. I, that's Zach Wilson in the booth, everybody. Zach, where can the people find you? Oh, I'm on uh, uh, everywhere at that Zach Wilson. You also have a show you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Sci-Fi Weekly, which is on uh, Wednesdays at 3. What are you yeah. guys talking about? Uh, what are you guys talking about today? This week, we're talking about Shin Godzilla. Shin uh, Godzilla. Which is the new Japanese Godzilla movie that just came out. It's supposed to be insanely uh, good, right? Yeah, it's really crazy. Uh, uh, my uh, my co-host Jesse uh, Klein put it best when he uh, he described it as... What if Aaron Sorkin made a Godzilla movie? Wow. Wow. In the best way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Aaron Sorkin's phenomenal. Like Uh, a super smart, really tight, like intriguing. There's a lot of political stuff in it, and it moves at a ridiculous pace. All right. Well, guys, if you want... And they're lasers. And they're lasers. (laughs) That sounds sweet. Um, We also, we did the Last Samurai episode at one point, by the way. Yeah, you got to check that out, Zach, because that movie for me is one of my absolute favorites. Oh, yeah. Our girl Roxy Stryer is actually the guest on that one, and she has uh, she has an amazing the- uh, thesis statement on that episode. Is it the Chumbawamba yeah, one? Yeah, it's the Chumbawamba oh, one. Oh, yeah. all right, yeah, you guys gotta go check that out. It was I was blown away by how smart it was. It was genius. <laughs> that's good. All um, right. So, yeah, that's uh, Top 3 Greatest Hair Dudes. Uh, let's get into Favorite Line. I think we can we can strike from the record, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. I was gonna say, you can have that one, and I'll take the other one. Which, which is? Which is that, you know, in your line of work, I thought you'd be bigger. Yeah, right. Yeah, because it's the that's repeated three times in the film or four. Yeah, and then brilliant writing, the callback. Yeah, um, I used to fuck guys like you in prison is such an unexpected line, but it's like <laughs> such a sweet thing that he was like, let's just put this in the script. Let's already make his like his like George Michael earring right. into like this guy is just fully into dudes. He's just he's just like he's just a gay murderer. Yeah. He's a gay murderer. Yeah, um, well, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so other other ones though, I love when uh, when when Kelly Lynch is like. Well, Mr. Dalton, to your resume, I'm going to add 31 broken bones, two bullet wounds, four puncture wounds, and yeah. four stainless steel screws. That's an estimate, of course. You're like, <laughs> you're like hero qualifier. There's my hero qualifier. I've been waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, I love the, uh, does a hobby horse have a wooden dick? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? What's his story? Story is, you fuck with him, and he'll seal your fate. <laughs> uh, and then I actually, there was actually a real line in it, and I yeah. was like, huh. And that was... Uh, Sometimes I'm just not as smart as I'd like to be. Yeah. And then the red responds with, you know, son, maybe she'll be smart enough for the both of you. Yeah. And I think that just kind of encapsulates most relationships. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's good. I like, uh, I, I would like to use on someone in, in my life, you fuck with me, I will seal your fate. <laughs> what does that mean? It's from Roadhouse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I was scared for a minute, but not really anymore. Yeah, it's not intimidating. So, guys, we're going to do a recast. We haven't done a recast yes. in a while. Uh, we're going to we're gonna recast the five roles. Um, uh, ben Gazzara, Kelly Lynch, Marshall Teague, uh, Sam Elliott, and Patrick Swayze in uh, mm-hmm. reverse order. Um, man, I, just, I had the hardest time on Swayze for this one. You know, I did too, but then I actually, I actually did. I, I mixed mine up. Yeah. I switched it all up because they're doing... Or they've been talking about a uh, a remake, and we mentioned it earlier with Rousey in it. So I used her as my Swayze, okay, and then I built my cast around it. Got that it. I would like to see. So why don't we go? Uh, let's start with our with our Kelly Lynch role with with the female, the doctor, the doc, doc as you as they say. Uh, I went with. She's a guy that kind of reminds me of myself. I feel like he could play a lot of different roles out there. You saw him in Ex Machina. It's Oscar Isaac. Okay, because he's you know. He just he just is. Yeah, he's good and he's talented. He's good looking. 
I think he'd be interesting. And with Rousey, I think that they could still look okay together. Yeah. I almost wanted to cast like Jason Momoa because like they're just both big. <laughs> but then I was like, but if Jason Momoa came out in a doctor's coat, I would just it's like Arnold in his in in Batman and Robin. Robin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, who's your doc? Um, I went with uh, Rachel McAdams. I felt that uh, she <sighs> would. I love her so much. Yeah, she's great. And because for McAdams, what you what, what you need for the role is like the most important because the only actual acting she does is the like slightly condescending, judgmental, but like a little bit intrigued role w- when she's stitching him up. Right. All the right. rest of the scenes, like she doesn't matter. But that scene, like you have to believe that she actually is like a successful doctor who's like kind of intrigued by him. Right. By like this dark, like bad yeah. side to him. And her uh, her kind of her attitude of being a little bit condescending and judgmental in Wedding Crashers is what came to mind and I was like she could totally pull off the successful doc because she also has to be like I love Wedding Crashers yeah it's not like either one of them is um, like in their mid-twenties like Swayze I, I would guess is supposed to be like 34 33 yeah. is what my and yeah. I, I think she's probably supposed to be like 30 yeah 29 something like that so I think that you you know that's you can kind of get away with that what do you got for your uh, is that one of Bradley Cooper's sweetest roles ever oh 100% it's so good yeah oh, sack I love Bradley Cooper but he still wouldn't be good enough as Dalton no he no. wouldn't um who, who'd you say next uh shall we go with Ben Gazzara's role Ben <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and this is funny because we were comparing notes. Yeah. Guys, we legitimately did this on accident. And we did not talk about it. I was like, I went with Elliot Carver. And I was like, Elliot Carver? Who's that? I was like, I use Jonathan Price. You're like, Jonathan Price is Elliot Carver. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yes. We both cast Jonathan Price? It's because he looks exactly like him. For those of you that are wondering who we're talking about, the most notable thing he's done recently is he's the High Sparrow in Game of Thrones. He's the... Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, obviously, obviously he wouldn't have an accent like this like he does in Game of Thrones but uh, he would yeah he's definitely not uh, that guy he's much closer to like the American version that he is in like uh, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross or something yeah. like that yeah cause in, cause in I always get it mixed up if it's Die Another Day or, or Tomorrow Never Dies but Elliot Calver is, is a little too high class for this yeah definitely <laughs> so he'd be great as Ben Gazzara I think we were in agreement there um, what about your Marshall Teague who'd you go with well, since I did the uh, since I did the gender uh, switch, I went with Gina Carano from Deadpool. Oh, oh, okay. Does didn't her boob come out in that movie? <laughs> yeah, her yeah. boob <laughs> pops out for a second. Claus is like, "Oh, you're you're exposed." Um, just because I think it'd be sweet to <laughs> see the two of them good. fighting. Yeah, you know, like when I, when you watched Rousey fight Rodriguez in Furious Seven, you're like, she would just murder her. Right. She would actually just break her in half. Yeah. Whereas with like Gina Carano watching her fight Colossus, yeah, you're like, cool. Yeah. I'm into it. Right. So I want to see those two go down. Uh, I went, this is my favorite of my recasts, because I wanted, like, somebody you need to pretty up, put a super, super, super gay earring on. Yeah, and like, like a big one. <laughs> but he needs to be, like, kind of intimidating, like, physically, but also just, like, you're like, don't understand. Like, basically, you feel like he should be in a porno. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be caught in an alley with this guy for two reasons. Yeah. You don't know which one it is. And I think uh, that Channing Tatum is the best oh, choice for that. Oh, God. Would he have hair? Would he have yeah, hair? definitely. Oh, fuck. You would give Channing Tatum, like, longer hair, maybe in a ponytail or something like that? Yeah, like a little dirty yeah, ponytail yeah. with a big earring. Yeah. <laughs> like the bad guy in Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah, That's I thought it would be great. brilliant. Yeah. Like, maybe, and maybe not even... Like, this would, I think, even be better. Like, I think in the remake, you don't even make him questionably gay. He's totally he's gay totally, gay. totally badass. Yeah, absolutely. But he's really, really, like, effeminate, but really intimidating physically. Like, he almost can kill your lead character. There's a movie... There's a movie where there's like a really effeminate gay like hitman or something like that but he's just totally terrifying it's like the equivalent of like Javier Bardem in No Country like that guy yeah. but he's also gay I can't remember what it is it's, it'll probably come in a couple I, weeks no, it's, yeah it's it's right there for me yeah. too yeah absolutely. Uh, is that all of them oh and then your snipes I mean oh, you're, uh, is you're it, Swayze is it um, are you talking about in um, Mechanic is it where the big because the big dude the bear that he has to take down oh that is, that's, actually, that's a good point yeah. that's a good one yeah um Who's your Swayze? Boy, we have one more. We have to both do our Sam Elliott first. Oh, I'm just so excited to hear your Swayze. Yeah. Uh, Sam Elliott. I went with Sam Elliott again. That's why I made <laughs> the point earlier in the show is the dude hasn't aged since 99. I don't think Sam Elliott could legitimately fight at this point. Have He's like seen 75. Scott, have you seen Scott Glenn in Daredevil? He's blind and 75. You could just use Scott Glenn. That's could, good, too. All right, I'll use Scott Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's believable. Um, all right, I went with... And this is tough because... If I look up online that Scott Glenn's older than Sam Elliott, I'm going to be real mad. (laughs) (laughs) I think that Matthew McConaughey is the perfect Dalton. But the problem is, I think that Matthew McConaughey, I used him as Bodhi in the Point Break recast. 
I'm pretty sure I'm I did. I'm positive you did. Yeah. Because it was so good. It feels like a cop-out. So, also, he's, like, a little old at this point to be, like, the young guy who's, like, you know, who's, like, hired as the... Yeah, so, like what I decided gun. is to use him as Sam Elliott. And I think if you put, like, a mustache on him and gray his hair out a little bit, he'd be, like, really sweet. Yeah. It changes the movie a little bit so that he actually turns out to be, like, a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, when he's, like... Wade Garrett's the best. You have to believe that at one time he was the best. Yeah, that he ta- I mean, he calls him Miho. Yeah. You know? I could totally see McConaughey calling whoever you have uh, Miho. And yeah, you got to remember that this guy trained Dalton, taught him everything he knows. You've taught me every bit as much as I've taught you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so who'd you go for? And you went Elliot, and who'd you go for as your... Swayze? Yeah. Rousey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. you just went with... So, uh, this is what I settled on, and it was Chris Hemsworth. See, it's funny, because I had Chris Hemsworth originally before I yeah. swapped it, but I just... He's too big. Yeah. He's a big dude, and uh, ultimately, I think the reason I like Hemsworth is that, like, he's gotten... He started to sell me in his ability to do comedy, mm-hmm. like, not take himself that seriously. Yeah. So it makes me feel like he'd be a little bit better in Did this role. Did you see Vacation? No. I heard he was sweet in it. Yeah. Like, really good. He's the, like, he's the, like, super attractive... Like, dumb guy, I think. Yeah, Or right. jackass, yeah. Um, so, I think, ultimately, if I was really going to remake this movie and I wanted it to be awesome, I would mm-hmm. put McConaughey in the Dalton role. Yeah. And I, I would think... just come up with somebody else for some of it. Yeah, I agree, because I think that Hemsworth... I mean, because I thought Hemsworth, too, and there were so many reasons I couldn't do it. Um, but Channing Tatum as Teague yeah. is so good. It'd be sweet. That's so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really into that. <laughs> um, so, uh, guys, there's... Uh, there's three action movie categories that mm-hmm. uh, oh Scott Glenn is 75 and Sam Elliott is 72. Scott yes he's older I five years old. <laughs> yes. I, uh, Zach I, I know you're a big Daredevil fan right? Zach uh, yeah yeah and, and so you've watched all of that stuff. Can you believe that he's 75 years old? No I had to check two sources because I didn't buy it. Yeah same I I was sure that that Elliott was going to be older. But all those fight it? scenes man like. He's going to be 80 in a few years, That's and he's awesome. doing those fight scenes. Hey, man, Anthony Hopkins was 95 in the edge. <laughs> Scott Glenn was born January 26, 1941. Wow. He was born during the Second World War. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, uh, back to the categories. Yes. Uh, all right, so there are three action movie categories. They're totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Totally ridiculous are movies like Con Air, Face Off. They kind of just fall off a cliff of making you laugh unintentionally the whole time. They're awesome, but just totally absurd. Then there's totally legitimate movies like The Fugitive, movies like we always say Terminator the Town, 2, Gladiator. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then there's the middle category, which are ridiculously legitimate movies that are held together by a really compelling performance. They're they're pretty tight movies, but they kind of make you laugh unintentionally sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of like the peak. They're like the predators, the speeds, the point breaks of the world. Um, this movie is totally ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. I was so curious, because sometimes when movies are so clearly in one genre, or yeah. one of the categories, we kind of skip that. I was wondering if you were going to put it in something else. There's a part of me that wants to put it in the middle category, because yeah. it's intentionally supposed to be this way. Right. It's like he was trying to make a cheeseball movie. So for that reason, I'm almost tempted to just put it in the middle category, because like he achieved what he wanted. Yeah. But I also think that it's so beyond being campy. Yeah. I, I, Lines like, I used to fuck guys like you in prison, or like, the ass shot, are just like... Yeah, like, the, exactly. Those are the two greatest examples you can use, because yeah. I used to fuck guys like you in prison, and the ass shot shouldn't be in the same movie. No. They should be in two different movies, <laughs> one more light and one much darker. Yeah. <laughs> Not just the same film. They're just, like, absurd. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think it's, like, there's a reason this is considered one of the most ridiculous movies ever made. Yeah, so. I totally agree. Totally ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that, guys, that's the, that wraps up that section. Uh, there is one last thing to do on the show, and that is called... The Pitch! <laughs> getting good at this. That's good. <laughs> we don't even need the drop. <laughs> uh, guys, there is no pitch for next week because we know exactly what movie we're going to be doing. It's an awesome movie. It sure is. It's it's an awesome movie. It's a great film. It's a great film. Uh, and it's called Jack Reacher. Never go back. Never go back. I cannot fucking wait. I can't either, man. I can't wait. It's like I, getting to see cruise movies in theaters now after doing 70 plus episodes of this show. And being so, yeah, and like watching, what movie was it? It was MI5 when we were yeah. sitting next to the, the uh, like 10 year old girl yeah. watching Cruise. Yeah. Like, oh my God, is he going to, how's he going to make it? Yeah. And we're just sitting there like, you don't even know, baby. You don't even know. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited. Um, I, I work on Sundays uh, at DirecTV AT&T. I do a show called Fantasy Zone. I work on Fantasy Zone and Red Zone. If you guys are football fans, you probably know Red Zone more than Fantasy Zone. But my producer, DJ, uh, is also a Cruise fan. And so what? 
what happens is that we watch uh, all of the games simultaneously. So I have three big monitors. Usually there's like 14 panels. And uh, because of that, there'll be every game going at once. And the movie trailers that play between games will be on, but you're not supposed to, obviously you're supposed to be watching live football because you're doing stats live. So <laughs> You're like totally selling yourself out of your job right now. You're like, yeah. I watch all the trailers. <laughs> so so last week, they were playing the, the Reacher trailer nonstop. Like, I think the real, it probably came on 28 times. Yeah. And uh, what what happens is, obviously we have a guy who's on mic doing stats, and then DJ and I are kind of like pointing stuff out, producing. And so, uh, silently, you usually put your finger up, like game two or game three. And every time the Reacher trailer would come on, DJ would just be like, four, four, four. <laughs> or like, ten, ten. Go, go, look, like, look. game ten, game ten. <laughs> Always the Reacher trailer. It's a good trailer, too. Yeah, it's sweet. It's totally sweet. I can't wait to do it. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, guys, that does it. You guys, you guys can find us if you want to catch up with us. Uh, I'm Ben Bateman Media. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, the show you can find at AMA Podcast. Uh, guys, you can find me online on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Guy. Guys, thanks for watching the show. Thanks to you for watching Roadhouse. We will see you soon. Take care. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.